I feel welcome already. Okay, it feels awesome to be where you need to be when you need to be there, right? It's amazing. So, when, when I was asking God what, what I should be sharing about today, uh, he gave me a subject and it, it is the power of the Spirit. That's, that's how I uh, think about it when I just sum it up. And then I immediately was like, God, no, this is for like big preachers, you know, <laughs> the ones that know much more than I do and they can tell much more than I can tell. And, and then, but then I, then I submitted and I said, I'm going to talk about it. And so, you know that how many people were drowning here ever in your life? Yeah, yeah, like drowning in the water. Тонули, кто тонул здесь хоть раз. Окей, мне такая привилегия выпала недавно, несколько месяцев назад. И и такая, ну, начинается сразу паника. И сразу же ты в панике, и ты не знаешь, что делать, и ты чувствуешь, что, может быть, воды вот настолько над тобой, а тебе кажется, что ты уже на дне, и там никогда в жизни не выплывешь. И вот именно так я себя начал чувствовать, когда начал ковыряться в этой, в этой теме и пытаться вообще понять, что это такое, что это такое power of the spirit. Я поэтому понял, почему big preachers preach that. Они очень-очень глубоко. Поэтому я хотел сказать, что это будет... Это будет, наверное, очень такой, ну, subset of what, of what it really is. И как бы это будет такой, ну, более brief. Давайте перейдем, как начнем. Давайте помолимся, попросим, чтобы Господь говорил с нами, говорил через меня и говорил к вам, потому что иначе здесь смысла нету быть. Господь, мы просим, Боже мой, пожалуйста, говори к нам, Господь Бог мой. Используй меня, Господь Бог мой. Также, пожалуйста, помоги каждому из нас открыть сердца, Господь Боже мой. Открыть, Господь. Наш разум, Господь, и сердце, дух наш, Господь, душу, чтобы мы принимали от Тебя, Боже мой, чтобы мы получили то, что Ты хочешь нам дать, Господь, потому что иначе мы ничего не сможем услышать, Боже мой. Мы просим об этой милости, Господь, об этой благодати, Господь, понимать и принимать, Боже мой. Мы молимся, Господь, и верим, что Ты сделаешь так. Во имя Иисуса Христа. Аминь. Окей, so first kind of like a disclaimer. I want to say that what we're going to be talking about, it's, it's not about feelings. So... Just, you will probably, when I was going through this, I was feeling like, feeling, see? I was thinking that we will be getting feelings, and I was getting a feeling like, um, okay, this, is, this has to be something on this level where I can feel it, and it's kind of, you know, kind, you know I, can, I, can, I can change the state. You know, my mind changes its state, my soul changes its state when I get into this, when I, when I get the power of the spirit, or when the spirit comes down on me, then, then the feelings are different. So... I want to tell you that, that that's probably not the case. I mean, sometimes there are feelings, but sometimes there are no feelings when you do spiritual things and when you, when you have the power of the Spirit. It's, it's not always feelings. And then the other thing that I wanted to say is don't expect feelings because I'll tell you this. I noticed something. Um, when, do, when, when we're doing something good, usually feelings, bad feelings or negative feelings are coming first about doing it, so we feel hard, it feels hard, and the feelings are against us doing it, and once we've done it, we get the good feelings that we did it, and when you do, when you, when you do something like being lazy or slacking off or, or, or going off of, at somebody, like, you know, doing something that you shouldn't do, usually the feelings before that, right before that, are good, and it tells you that you should do it, and right after you're done, the feelings are bad, and you feel like, 
I should have never done it. I should have never skipped praying. I should have never skipped reading, reading the Bible. Or I should have never said that to the person or this to the person. Or I felt like I needed to go pray for that person and I didn't. So the feeling was good, you know. First, skip it and, and you're going to feel comfortable. But then, but then um, after you skip it, after you don't listen to God, then you feel bad. So, all right? So don't expect feelings. Don't care about that. Uh, one person that I knew that, 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 that's really successful, he's... He, I mean, he's like a Spider-Man, you know. He catches onto something, and he never lets go of that, you know, never. <laughs> so a person like that, I knew him. He said something that sounded really harsh for me, and, and I didn't like it at all. He said, feelings are for losers. And I was like, boy, that, you just cut me deep. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but then I started thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, maybe he said it in a harsh way. And feelings are, that's not a bad thing, but, he, you know, when I kind of started trying to get a feel for what he was saying, it's kind of true. If you, if you, if you want to lose, you'll be led by feelings. So, and I don't want to be led by feelings. I don't want any of us to be led by feelings. So, so feelings off to a side. So one more thing that I want to say before we start is, I don't know how, how you think of it, but we can get into a long theological discussion and never find a solution to that probably. And maybe we will, I don't know. But I just want to say for the purpose of this, of this evening, let's just assume that human spirit and God's spirit are the same thing. Because, because to some it might be like, oh, okay, whatever. But to some it's not. <laughs> so I know some people will be, what? No. <laughs> but... So I am assuming that we are connected to God, we know God, we love God, and so our spirit, our human spirit is connected to God's spirit, so, so our human spirit says exactly what the God's, God's spirit would be saying, and, you know, it's identical, so we can just skip the human spirit and assume it's God's spirit. All right? All right, simplicity. <laughs> okay, so now I have a question. Uh, do, do we know the, the power of the Spirit? I ask myself that question. Do you know the power of the Spirit? Like, does anybody know what the power of the Spirit is? What it's like? What is the Spirit, and, and what does it do, and how does it manifest itself? If you want to say, just shout it out. I want to hear your opinions. Okay, the Spirit makes people fall down. Okay, the Spirit makes people repent. It heals, okay? Miracles. Humbles them, okay. Right? Casts out demons, okay. Anything else? Reminds them of their place before God. Okay. So, yeah, I I didn't have that many questions when I asked myself that question. I was like, ah, and then the questions started coming. Anyway, so. Again, this is just a few things that I, that I got, what the Spirit is or what it does for us or what it does with us or in us or through us. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to understand exactly that, that, that word that you need to use. But a few things that I wanted to, to run through. The Spirit anoints, right? It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So look at that. It's, 
It's the Spirit of the Lord, right? Jesus, that was like the first thing that Jesus said that got a lot of people mad, right? And got him into the trouble, right? Like day one. <laughs> it's like the first, the first thing you said, the first thing you did as a, as, a, as a minister, it's like gets a lot of people mad. That's a good start. And what I want to say is that there is something in the spirit that, we can, that that spirit does with us that we cannot do. Like Jesus, he said all of, this, all of these things. It's pretty much what he came for. That's the reason that he was on this earth, right? It said, look at that. Has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, set the oppressed free, proclaim the year of, of, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So pretty much salvation, right? That's his mission. So Holy Spirit did that. There's, there was no other way Jesus could ever do it. If he would want to do it in flesh, he would never be able to do it. So the flesh, the body of Jesus alone would not be enough. It was the Spirit. It was the Spirit that was driving him. The Spirit anointed him. So next thing that I noticed in uh, so where I was reading from, that's Luke 4, 18 through 19, if you're writing down or memorizing what I'm saying. So next one is vindicates or justifies us. 1 Timothy 3.16. Beyond all question, the mystery from uh, which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit. It's talking about Christ. Was seen by angel, was preached among the nations, was believed on, on in the war, world, was taken up in glory. So Spirit also vindicates us, right? Or justifies what we're doing. Sometimes, sometimes we're doing things and some you know sometimes christians do really weird things they like you know they punch a pregnant lady in the stomach right to and they and she gets healed right <laughs> and it's like something right and then sometimes the spirit leads us to fast for 20 days or 40 days and it's all all of that is is crazy and and when people look at that it's often going to be uh like you know, he's just like, that's too much. I mean, I, I know, I believe in God myself, and, and I, I'm a um, Christian, and I'm radical, and I even have a bracelet, which I don't have today. But, but, but you know, it's just too much what he does, or how she does it, or it's the, mm, yeah, this is, I think it's just like, it's just flesh. And actually, sometimes it's the spirit, because it looks, when Jesus came into the temple, and he was throwing the tables over. The first time in my life when I read that story, I'll be honest, I was as a kid, I was reading that story, and I was like, and then it's probably going to say that Jesus regretted that. You know, I didn't know that. You know, he did everything perfect back then. But I was like, and then it's going to say that that was not the right thing to do. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, no, it didn't say that anywhere because that, he did the right thing. So that's something that could be easily condemned in flesh, right? Easily. But the Spirit justified. The Spirit said, it's okay. You know, so sometimes people could be saying you're doing wrong by, by, by donating that much. You're doing wrong by just, you know, always going on mission trips and never going on vacation and something else. So some things that we do, we always walk in flesh, right? Until, I mean, while our flesh is walking here, we're still here. So we're always going to be in our flesh, and whether we like it or not, we're going to be doing things in the physical world, but the result of those things in the spirit. And sometimes, and the reason I'm saying that is sometimes you'll do something that God called you to do, and then 
there will be no response from anywhere. I mean, even it, it might be even. I mean, God might not tell anybody to to that that was the right thing that you did. And I'm not saying I'm not calling for disorder. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not saying that the spirit of God. It says the fruits, right? Self control and and it's all of those things that that would never break break the order, godly order, or that would never do anything that's out of you know that's that's you know you know what I'm talking about. That would never do something disrespectful, but. What I'm saying is that there will be things that you might have to do sometimes, like like stand up for some, for something, like come out. Like sometimes it could be something as easy as coming up front here and praying and asking God for forgiveness or asking God for his blessing. To do something that's not, not ordinary. Or when you don't have time or when you don't have money to give, to give the last money that God told you to give. And people will look at it and, you know, logically it doesn't make sense. And even if, I bet if you will ask our pastor, he will say, only if the Spirit told you, you know, then do that. If you ask any spiritual person, they will tell you, even if you tell them something like this, if you give the last of your money, and especially if you're not working, for instance, then only do that if the Spirit told you, and, you know, if you depend on that money, because there's no other way. You, you just can't do it. You cannot do it in flesh. So, next thing. Uh, the Spirit reveals. Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, The human spirit, that's what I was talking about. The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost beings. God's spirit, it's, it's light. So God's spirit is like he brings contrast, you know. Have you ever watched on something, like have you ever taken a black object in front of something black on a black background? It's hard to see, right? Or, you know, objects of the same color. It's, it's hard to see. And the Spirit of God, He will, well, if you take a, if I look at our life as a map, right, then, then if you put the Holy Spirit as a backdrop, you'll immediately see all the dark spots. You'll immediately see where God, where the Spirit doesn't have control, or where the Spirit was not led into in our lives. So you'll immediately see that. So the Spirit reveals. And when you let the Spirit into your life, into your heart, you'll immediately, almost, I mean, if you honestly, sincerely looking for him in your life, you'll start seeing things that you need to change. And it might not be critical. It might not be something like if you don't change today, you'll die. But it could be something that, like laziness that you're dealing with or, or you know, eating, I mean, it could be eating too much cookies or something like that. <laughs> it could be things that you know that God is telling you not to do and you're still doing that. Or, I mean, it could be or eating wrong or, or I don't know. It, it could be whatever. It, in our lives, it might sometimes, as I remember, I've been, I mean, some of you are young here, very young. And I've been, I've been at that age, and I know that sometimes when I compare my problems to, like, the daddy, the, um, that's everybody over 25, and, and I'm now 27. <laughs> and I'm still feeling, feeling young, like, back then. <laughs> I still feel like 16, 15. Anyway, so... When you, when you start thinking about those older people, you know, they, they have the important stuff. And my stuff is just, like, unimportant. No, God is going to be teaching you right now where you are, what you're doing. And it could be, sometimes it could be, it could be shy that you're, you, to say that you're a Christian. And it could be, God would be working with you on that level. It might, it might be a struggle for you. But you have to be picking up those, those battles for God. Because it's, he's going to, Spirit is going to be revealing that all our whole life. I don't believe that we will ever get to be perfect, even though Jesus said be perfect. So I don't know if it means be like 
in be becoming perfect or what it means exactly. <laughs> but I know that he wants us to strive to that. If, if we're striving to be perfect, to be, to be cutting down those things that are not from God, to be letting the Spirit burn those things that are not from God, then, then we will be perfect. I think for God, striving to be perfect, truly, sincerely striving to be perfect and doing everything for that. For God, it's as good as being perfect because he knows our limitations. He knows who we are. And, and he, ex- he knows what it costs us and what we've done. And then whatever we've done, and if it's not enough, God will do what's enough. God will supply. God will fill the gap. So the Spirit reveals. Uh, another one, the Spirit guides. Acts 16, 6 through 7. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having, kept, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word. Look at that. It's like kept, from, kept by the Spirit from preaching the world. What kind of apostles are those, right? What do you mean? How could the Spirit not want them to preach the word? That's wrong, right? And that's when it kicks in. That's when, that's when it said that it will be, you'll be vindicated by the Spirit. Because in flesh, it might be wrong. You're already there. You, made all the, you, you, you spent all that time to travel you got to those places and, and you and said, kept by the Spirit? Yes, kept by the Spirit. That's exactly what it said. From preaching in the, wor- the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysia, Mysia, whatever. How, uh, what? How do you pronounce? Mysia? Mysia? Mysia. Okay, Roman knows. After, this, after that, you can come to Romans. He'll teach you the right way to pronounce it. Because <laughs> I can't. They tried to enter Bithynia, Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Look at that. It's like it's a perfect example. And, and another point here from here is that the spirit guides. There's so, there will be a lot of situations. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, there are moments... Not always, but there are moments I'm like, I want to just, you know, get, quit my job and, and just with myself and my family just get involved into every single ministry and expect my bills to be paid, you know. There are days, especially like, you know, there are days. <laughs> and, you know, maybe one day, who knows. But I just know that if, if I'm going to let the Spirit rule, if I'm going to let the Spirit guide me, it might not happen exactly that same way. It might be different, right? That's why we need the Spirit to guide us. Sometimes it will be something crazy like that. I, I've had situations when it happened like that, that you do some, something and you're like, okay, well, now we'll see if it was a spiritual decision or if it was a decision by flesh because it will be very obvious <laughs> because you put yourself into a situation where it's, you know, you'll know, you know, and then there's still God's grace and forgiveness, you know, but it will gonna, it's going to hurt. So the next one is the Spirit resurrects us. Romans eight eleven, our very loved book in in the New Testament. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, which is the Spirit of God, is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your mortal bodies, will also give life to your mortal bodies, because of His Spirit. Who lives in you. I guess in the coming age, let's see.
So again, it, it, you can get into a really long theological discussion about this, and I'm not going to do that <laughs> because we're not going to benefit from that probably, most likely. But what I want to say is, you know, you can think about it, that it will be our bodies resurrected and in the, you know, when Christ comes or whatever, it's like I'm not going to give you a timeline or a date. I don't have that. But what I want to say is that if you think about it, our bodies, they were before we, before we accepted Christ into our heart, they were dead. I mean, they were, they, were, they were bodies of death because they were causing death. They were carrying darkness and carrying something that didn't have any light, didn't have any life in it. It only had the ability to destroy, to do exactly what the devil wanted us to do. So our bodies were subject to the devil, and we were following him and doing whatever we wanted to do. And that doesn't mean only uh, sexual impurity. That's not just that. It could be laziness. It could be offending people. It could be causing hurt. It could be robberies. It could be murders. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen when our bodies carry death in them, we, we know what kind of things can hap- happen in this world. You know, it's it's just, you know, just devastating. I was just reading about 9-11 today. You know, it came up at work, and we were kind of talking about it and thinking about it. And I was like, how much death that caused? I mean, how much devil had to have control over the people that were doing that and probably the people that trained them to do that to 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 do that right to do to perform what they did if you just think about it you it, it takes human eff- and unhuman effort to 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 undertake something like that it's you're risking your life you're risking your you know it's like it's just crazy but people did do that and and then you read you always read that in the news when there are some there's a lot of violence happening, and that's that's our bodies before Christ. But I believe that as soon as we accept Christ, and we we let Him transform us, we let Him change us. Our bodies are resurrected, so even our bodies, this you know, physical bodies, they are brought back to life, to God's life, so that we can use those bodies to serve God. We can use that to to even to hug people, to shake hands, to, to you know to wave hello. You know, it's to go and do, to do Yogi Bear, to do science, to dance for God, to whatever you want to do, to play for God, to preach for God. That's the body is becoming alive. That's when the life enters. And so that the Spirit can resurrect our bodies. When we accept, when we accept Him into our hearts, when we accept Jesus and the Spirit of God enters into us, our bodies are made alive again for God. All right, the next one is the Spirit provides access to God. Ephesians 2.18 For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So, I don't know. I don't want to be stoned. I don't want to say something that, you know, that's very, that will cut our ears. But I was thinking about it multiple times, and it, it, it does make sense. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I mean, there are denominations that don't accept speaking in tongues, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to go into that. I just know what we know. I know what I know personally, from my personal experience, is that you, I don't know how you can have access to God without His Spirit. I mean, maybe you don't, don't speak in tongues, but if there, if there wouldn't be His Spirit, I mean, we don't even, we don't even, I don't think we'd even understand or begin to understand what it was like to live in the Old Testament. I mean, we probably have no idea. When you read the Word, I mean, it's not like on your iPhone or anyway. You have to go into a synagogue, somebody to read the word to you. But even then, somebody's reading that to you all Saturday, and and you don't get anything if the Spirit doesn't open that up to you, all right? And you're like, you listen to a bunch of words 
all sounds good and cool, but I'm going to go back to my idols, going to go back to, you know, to whatever I was doing before because it did not do anything to me. It didn't do anything in me, right? And we know that the Spirit did, you know, it did, like, it was on some people like David. Look at that guy. He probably, you know, it's like, feels like he was from the New Testament, not from the Old Testament. And there were Isaiah and Ezekiel and other people, and it was, I mean, definitely the Spirit was, 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 was there with those people, but I'm just saying overall, I mean, we, we get that. We are here. We have the Spirit in us. We pray. We feel God. And sometimes we just don't even, don't even understand what, it, what, kind of re- what kind of wealth it is, what kind of, you know, what kind of riches it is to, to have that, to have access to God, because that's exactly what we have. We have access to God. And I know when I say that at work, people just, people look at me as a lunatic. You know, they think that I'm just crazy, like, you know, like access to God. Like, can you call him on your mobile phone or what? I'm like, and that was a British, British person saying that. But I was like, no, I can't call him on that mobile phone. But it's like, you know, it's, it sounds crazy. It sounds unbelievable. It's like, where is God? I mean, like, how far is he or how close is he or where is he or is he everywhere? I mean, like, you think who you have access to is just, I don't know. Isaiah does a good, pretty good job of describing it. If you can read the book of Isaiah in one shot, then you'll get a really good description of God by the end of it. <laughs> All right. So another one is God lives in us. Ephesians 2.22. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So that's kind of the other direction of our relationship with God, right? So we have, by the Spirit, we have access to Him, and by the Spirit, He has access to us. And I know who knows who thinks. I think I know. I'm pretty sure I know what it means that the Spirit or the God, God lives in you. Who thinks that you know what, that what it means that God lives in you? I think a lot more people know that. <laughs> but you think about it. There are things that you would never want to do in your life. There's, there are things when you, have, when you have, you know, like I'm going to take a pregnant woman, right? I'm going to talk about a pregnant woman. Just, just came to me. I was a pregnant woman does things that she would never do had she not have the baby inside. I tell you, like, there's a lot of things. <laughs> but, but it's true. Think about it. When you have... Somebody in you who is, who is not just there, it's developing, it's moving, it's changing. It's the same way as you're, you're having God in you. It's not like having a baby to carry a baby, but it's, maybe it starts like that. It's something that maybe you go, you know, it's, I don't want to say that, but maybe God comes into you and he's like very little in what he can do first, but then he starts expanding his kingdom. And, and then his kingdom expands through every single area of your lives. That his kingdom is expanded into, expanded into all of your heart, right? And I tell you that when you have somebody inside of you, there will be things you'll be doing different. I mean, it, and you will have either have God inside of you or devil will be throwing his presence into you. And I know I see a lot of us doing things that, that people of our age or of, of, of you know, of this age, of this current generation don't do and and it's awesome and give praise to God for that but it's not your you know not credit to you but just to God really in us and then I'm just I'm just thinking that when God lives in us 
he's not gonna he's never gonna be satisfied with with just where we are right now he's not gonna be satisfied we just accepted him and we repented and we, we accepted Jesus into our heart that's good but God will want us to start purifying ourselves because he is he's a living God and, and he wants to expand and he wants to take over and we we know when he said when when they went into the promised land it was just like like how many wars can you have one after another I mean how many territories can be you can you be taken over I mean like how many I know it's all you know the scenes are bloody and you know it's like not pleasant for some to read but it's like I was like can you imagine those warriors dealing with blood and a lot of it over and over and over for like who knows years <laughs> right and I was like, that's how we are supposed to be doing too, with our sin and with, with, with other things that are might not call sin, but maybe laziness, maybe something else. I'm saying all of those things. I'm saying that to myself too. It's not like I'm immune to laziness. I just want you to know. I'm no better than, than any of you. I have the same, I'm the same as you are, okay? You can see I have bones and flesh and meat, have all of that. And it doesn't want to move often. Or often it doesn't want to move. All right, so, and again, as I said, it's just a few things. Like, I, I just realized that if, if I would start going through everything, there's so much. And the, yeah, you know, as, we, as you guys said, the Spirit heals and comforts and, and leads and, and changes us and burns things that are not from Him and consoles us. There's so much that the Spirit does. So, I mean, if you want to know everything it does, read, all, read your Bible. Okay, so a few things just briefly wanted to run through that. What happens when we don't know the Spirit? What happens when we don't care to have the Spirit in us? I found a verse that I think is perfect to describe it. It's 2 Timothy 3.5. It says, Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having nothing to do, have nothing to do with such people. So when we, when we do everything spiritual, and, and we talk spiritual, and we act spiritual, and and we look spiritual. I, yeah, you can look spiritual. <laughs> but when all of that, when we do all of that, but we don't have the spirit in us, it's just a form. It's just a shape. It's just empty. And I don't know if you've ever, um, I mean, there, there are different fruits. There are different, uh, different objects that we, or things that we eat. That where they, sometimes they, they become, they are fully rotten inside. There is nothing in them. I mean, they're just empty. You touch them, <coughs> And it crunches in, and, and that's it. Looked pretty good, but you know, especially if you put some hairspray on, it stays pretty good. But but it just crunches right through. There's nothing inside, absolutely nothing. And so, what I want to say is that we can lose. I mean, you can lose spirit inside of you quick, and you can lose it long. I mean, sometimes it takes takes a few. This few decisions, few actions that are not careful, and and you have to ask for ask for forgiveness and ask the spirit back into your heart, and you have to work. Sometimes it just takes a long time, and and you think, and you know, like usually I've seen that happening when people get on fire for God and, and they're going and they're reading their Bible and praying, and then there is a series of days when it was very difficult for them to pray, and they decided that they could just keep it because they were doing such a good job for the last five years. And, and then it's that, that week goes into two weeks, and then it's a month. And, and then before they even know it, they don't even know why they're coming to church. And, and 
what this whole God thing is about. And, and again, as I said, if I sound like I'm talking about anybody, I just thought about this. I'm not talking about anyone. I'm talking about myself probably more than anybody else. So just, you know, be free from that. But it's like you think, why? And then you're thinking, why am I doing this? You know? And that's what I was saying, that sometimes it's something very quick and something obvious how you lose it. And sometimes it's something that takes a while, and you're just rolling down the hill, and you're not understanding what's happening and how you got there. Another thing that when we don't have the spirit in us, we start we start taking shortcuts, and we make compromises in our fights. That's that's just right there, you know. It's when you don't have the spirit, and you know, oh, it's you know, hard to read the Bible, or it's hard to go and apologize. Or it's hard to admit that I was wrong, and then you skip on that, and, and then that's it, you know. And then you have to go back and repent for that and, and, and ask God to continue to lead you. But when we don't have the Spirit, we, we, there's no one inside of us to say, you know, red flag, stop. You know, there's nobody to, to give us a red light. That's it. And so another thing, Ishmael's are born. When we don't have the Spirit, we're not guided. And I'm not saying that, that Abraham didn't have the spirit, but who knows? I don't know the situation. The fact is the fact that Ishmael was born, and it was there, and that was not God's will. It's just, it just happened, right? He did it. And I'll tell you something about Ishmael that I, I, I understand right now after having kids. It's, it's like Pastor was saying, right? I think Pastor was preaching about that, about that seed, it's sowing, and then a child is born, or something is born in your life, and then you want it, you don't want it, it, it keeps snowballing, it keeps growing, and it, it, there's some snowball effect. And, and praise God that Jesus can cancel that, it can cancel our sins, but I mean, it's like if you don't stop that, if you don't ask Jesus, and I mean, He doesn't guarantee to you forgiveness of sins if you don't, if, because if you have true repentance, if you're honest, yes. But who guarantees that you will be honest? So never, ever think to make some compromises or to make some mistakes voluntarily. Never. Because nobody guarantees that you will ever have that mercy and that grace to lead you back to repentance. But Ishmael's are born. And what they do, I mean, like, kids first, like Ariana was born. She was, like, it was very quiet, you know, and not a lot of impact. Right now, <laughs> this is like her house <laughs> where she lives. And it's like the car belongs to her and you know, our schedules. And it, it just happens. They, it just, that's, what, that's what kids are at some point. I guess I hope it, you know, I will get our life back a little bit uh, later when they grow up. But, but no, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying that that's, that's what happens. Kids, kids are there like that Ishmael was there. And then first it was Ishmael and Agar, right? And then Hagar. And then it goes on and then nations nations and now it's one of the one of the fiercest enemy of Israel one one mistake I mean it's like one hour of not having God maybe that's really what it's up to and and right now it's it the times are more intense right now uh, and I'm not saying the more intense than they were for Abraham because I, I'm pretty sure that that devil hated him and didn't want anything him to succeed at all. But I'm just saying that the times are very, very um, 
intense and the pressure is on us right now because we're following God, we're seeking God, and there is somebody in this world who doesn't want that to happen, who doesn't want another soul to be enlightened, who doesn't want another soul to have the freedom that we have. And then one more thing happens. It, it kind of goes into the compromises section. And we get the what I call Jonah syndrome. You know, it's like you have to be going this way, but for some reason you're going that way. <laughs> like kind of weird, right? So I, it's a disorder probably. I don't know. But but we, we funny, it's, it's just amazing. But I, I've noticed when sometimes when people just, live the spirit, put the spirit to the side and communication with the spirit and all of that and they put it to a side you're like, you look at a person and six months later he's like, he, he starts saying things that are opposite to what he was saying six months ago when he had the spirit and you're like, how, I mean you proved to me what was right, I mean like I was feeling like you will, you know you'll start fighting with me if I will not agree with you and now you are saying something opposite like you were proven to me alcohol is alcohol is wrong and now you're saying ah, there's nothing wrong with you know a little wine here and there and it's good for your stomach and blah, 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 blah. you know it's like how how do you how do you turn 180 degrees how do you turn around that way it's just i don't i mean i'm not being arrogant i'm not saying that you know, i'm not being prideful and saying that's impossible i would never do that no but i'm just saying that it's crazy, but it can happen if you leave out God and leave out communication with the Spirit. Live that out if you leave out the relationship with the Spirit. So anyway, what, how to have the Spirit, how to keep it, how to be in the Spirit. I kind of, again, it's just very, very few things that I wrote down. There's much more, but I just want just to talk about the key points. Our, our, our ultimate goal is, is like, I look at it, it's kind of described in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, and says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. I was like, that probably is the coolest, the, the highest mark you can achieve, being one, one in spirit with the Lord. <laughs> I was like, that is just crazy. That means that he started thinking about it, and you already know what, what he's talking about. And he started leading, and he, he just wanted, he just wanted, he just started to want to ask you to pray about something. And you're already praying that. It's like you're just reading each other. You just know each other. It's like something amazing, something we should always be striving for. I know there will be moments when we are in that state, and sometimes we are not, but we should always strive to get to that state and to always be in that state. That's how I see it. And then another one, be one with the Lord, which kind of goes together. Uh, John 17, 20, 23. It says, that's when Jesus was praying for his disciples. It says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, so that's already pretty pretty interesting. I mean, if if I try to visualize, like if you take two balls, for instance, and and you and you say that one ball is in the other and the other ball is in the other ball, it's like how that's possible. <laughs> you know, they are either it's either like you mix things, like you know, not like you mix olive oil and vinegar. They never mix well together. They are staying separate. But like something else, I don't know, like 
when you mix eggs with flour. Did anybody do that? Okay, so when you mix them, if you mix them long enough, they just, you did that, right? <laughs> you mix them, the eggs and the flour? Because <laughs> you seem very excited. <laughs> okay, so, so it's like, it's, it's just becoming one, right? Maybe it's like that, I don't know, but it, it's, Jesus said that he was one, he was in the Father and the Father was in him, so that's probably possible, and I'm, that's actually possible, that's not probably possible. But it's like you're one. There's no telling a difference between both of you. And then, let's see, uh, it was, I was reading here. So may they also be in us so that the world, so watch this. This is like a mind twister. <laughs> it's like twisting my mind and not. It says, may they also be in us. So now those people that believe, believed, they're in them. So that you add more to the mix, right? Uh, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are, I in them and you in me. Okay? That's where I was lost. <laughs> I in them and you in me. So that's like, you know, a, a single mix. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me, have loved them, even as you have loved me. If you look at it, Jesus switches so many times who, is he talk, who he's talking about. And, and not like he was distracted. I bet he did it on purpose. Even like the last phrase. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You know, it's like, it's so intertwined together. It's just like, it's, it's so knotted together. I mean, it's like it's one. That's, that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And what else, uh, another thing that I wanted to say is, Jesus, another thing that it says here, I have given them the glory that you gave me. So one thing is that we have to be, we have to be together. And there's no church. That's just, there's, you know, there's no, nobody canceled church. So we will have to be here. We'll have to be here with each other together. And how you do that, how do you, like, you know, there will definitely be, situations when it's easy to be with each other and when, then there are situations when it's hard to be with each other, right? And I was thinking how did Jesus make it so that it was easy to be with him? So that he was, I mean, everybody wanted to be with him. A lot of people wanted to be with him and they were like, he was like the glue. He was bringing them together. And it says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. And I was thinking that's I think it's like it's the key in this in, in these verses. It says, I have given them the glory that you have given me. So he gave to the disciples exactly what God gave him. So I'm thinking that if we get if we let the Spirit give us when the Spirit gives us something, when the Spirit gives us, I don't know, kindness, if we pass it on exactly as God gave us, it will be, you know, we'll just be like, you know, something that a vessel that God uses but we don't add any taste to it we don't, we, don't, we don't skew how it looks we don't change anything about it we just pass it on we pass it on and that well, it will make, us, make it easier for, for everyone and then last thing kind of like um, one of the other key points for, for myself is 1 Corinthians 6.19 says do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you 
whom you have received from God, you are not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And we kind of talked about it a little bit, but what I'm, what I, what I'm reading here, even though this chapter in this particular uh, place is talking about sexual impurity, I'm thinking it, you can take it much, you know, much broader than that. It's, it's, if you think about it, we are temples of the Holy Spirit, right? And I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, ask all of us to ask ourselves, what are we bringing into that temple? And, 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 and what makes it even more complicated is that temple is now mobile, right? It's not standing in one piece and you just don't come near that so you won't bring anything unclean into it. But now it can go places and you can put it into a place where it's not, like I'm pretty sure that God would never allow his holy temple to be built on some, you know, in some place where, where they were worshiping idols or something like that. God would let it be built in a holy place because that, that the place that he designated for that. So I just wanted to say, what, what are we bringing into our temples, right? What, I mean, if we are bringing, we know what happened, right? When, 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 the, um, when the kings... That were not that were not righteous. They were bringing in to the temple idols, all the unclean th- things, and we know what happened. God just destroyed that temple in the end because He didn't want to see that. He didn't want that. That was not His agenda. But then we also know when the temple was was uh, sanctified to God, when it was dedicated to God, committed to God, the glory of the Lord filled that place, right? So that nobody could perform anything in that temple because you couldn't see. It was so dense. Now that that's how it is, and that's what I want to happen in our lives, that we get filled with God's glory, that we get filled with God's presence. And also, we have to get rid of everything that's in the temple that's, that's not from God. If there are any idols, and idols can be anything. I'm realizing that right now idols can be anything. It can be a game in your phone. Even It could, it could be even something like that that you don't even think about. It could be... You know, liking to dress a certain way, or liking, you know, having having to have the latest phone, or 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 whatever. I, it. There's so many of us, and we're so different that that there are different ways to us, and we need to always watch what we're bringing into the temple, what kind of things we're letting enter the the the, the house of God, and we are that house. We need to be. We need to make sure that there is nothing unclean because if there is something unclean, the spirit of God will not be there. There will be God's glory will not be there, and the quality of the material will be changing. It won't be like it happened. It won't be gold anymore. It will be bronze. It will be something cheaper. It will not be the same. So that's something we need to watch as well. Anyway, I wanna I want us to pray, and if you if you want to come up front, we'll we'll have somebody pray for you here. You just have, if you have a, you know, a cry to God from your heart and you want to have, if you want to do something, if you feel like God is telling you to change something, if you feel like God wants you to, to if, just if God wants you to be here and if you just felt it, that's already a blessing from God. That's already mercy from God that you're feeling that. So don't ignore that. Come up front. If you don't feel like it, don't. Just pray where you are. But let's just, let's just worship God a little bit. Let's pray. Let's invite him here. God, we thank you. We thank you that you sent Jesus to this earth. And that he, when he was 
when he died when he he died on the cross and was raised again God that he that he sent the comforter that he sent his spirit back to us that we have the spirit the spirit of life that we have the spirit that can guide us that the spirit spirit that resurrects us that the spirit that 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 enlightens us the spirit that casts away the fear the spirit that casts away doubt the spirit that lets us conquer sin and conquer lust and conquer temptation the spirit that lets us become more like you lord i thank you so much that you sent your spirit